Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, why don't we all stand for a second? I think we've been sitting for a little while. Um, <clears throat> I just want to pray for you. I really feel that a few words I've heard already really are about intimacy. We, we are in, we're in a troubled time, I think, and um, I've been, I'm interested in politics, I don't know about you, many of you may or may not be, but uh, it's been a very interesting week, alright? And for some it's been disappointing, for others it's been elated. Uh, and the prophetic, uh, you know, all the big prophets have either made big mistakes, or they're sticking with what they, what the Lord was going to say and do. It's an interesting season. But you know, above all that is intimacy with God. And I, I, I believe that we are called to be intimate lovers of God. Yeah. We need to not worry too much about what's going on in this world. It's a world in which there is to be trouble and strife, there is to be difficulties. You and I are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of a heavenly place. And we are put here for a reason. And so one of the reasons is to get intimate with God, to get into the DNA that God wants to give to us to share the good news about him, to share the love about him. So I just want to bless you before we start because you're all lovers of God. You're all You're all desiring intimacy with him. Yeah. And I just want to bless you tonight. If you take away anything from tonight is that God wants to be intimate with you. He so desperately loves you. He gave his son for you. He loves you. You're worth it. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you chose to shed your blood for us and to redeem us from the pit, Lord. Yeah. You have done that. And let me thank you for that. And Lord, your desire, your heart is for intimacy with us. Yeah. I pray that we can go away from here desiring every day, every hour, every minute of this week to be intimate with you. Yeah. Lord, that we would pray, we would hear what your heartbeat is yeah. for this nation and beyond. And we know, Lord, that you have we have a good thing. You have good things for us. Yes. Good things for this world. Lord, I pray that we can be a blessing to this world as you've been a blessing to us. Yes. Let us not forget the good things you have done for us personally, corporately. Yes. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. I bless the people here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> and so, uh, as I was sitting there, I was reminded... We're going to be actually looking in the book of Judges in chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, have a look at the book of Judges, chapter 6. But I want to start with this kind of idea that, you know, coming to my head about this kind of prophetic thing that's been going on in the United States, as I've been saying. Uh, and this kind of been a conflict and left and right, good or bad, I don't know how you look at those things. But I was reminded of in Joshua chapter 5, but Joshua had been in Gilgal with his people, ready to take on Jericho. Jericho at that time was the unassailable city. This was the fight of all fights. Yeah. So he goes out alone at night, and guess who turns up? And uh, you would read in your Bible, chapter 5 of, of that book, that the commander of the army of the Lord turned up, or an angel. I actually believe it was Jesus himself turned up. There's evidence for that. I could talk to you about that, but... So Jesus turns up to Joshua and Joshua asks this question, are you for us or you are against us? Are you for us or for our enemies? And Jesus says no. 
I am the commander of the army of the Lord. See, a lot of people have been asking the wrong question. Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you Liberal? Are you Labour? Are you this? Are you that? The point is, no, that's not the question. The answer is always Jesus. The answer is intimacy with Him. How do I get intimacy out of that scripture? Well, you see a little bit later that uh, Jesus said to him, take off your feet for this is holy ground. God was inviting Joshua into a time of intimacy before this great battle. You see, God is wanting to send us out as missionaries, as warriors, as priests, as kings, into a battlefield that is this earth. And yet before he sends us out, he wants us to be intimate with him. He wants us to remember the good things that he has done for us. He wants us to get close to him so that our heartbeat might reflect his heartbeat. We've got to get our questions right. It's not, does he support Donald Trump or not? The answer is, he is God. He is for us, not against us. And we're to be on his team, not he on ours. And so I want you to remember that in the case that you're disappointed or elated. In COVID, I think we're all being a bit challenged and disappointed. But God's not saying something about COVID. He's saying something about his church. He's saying, church, I need you to be intimate with me. I'm breaking things down. I'm changing things up. And maybe the things we did back then weren't the things we're meant to do tomorrow. But I know for sure he wants us to be intimate with him. He wants Jesus on our lips. He wants praise and worship in our hearts. He wants us to spend quiet time with him to see what he's saying about the future. It's exciting to me that we're in a time like this because God is raising up you and me, a new generation, for a time like this. He's raising up warriors and he's raising up kings. But first, we have to be intimate with him. Don't ever forget that. There's so many people here with gifts and abilities and callings on their life, but above all that, he wants intimacy with us. So I've been reading the book of Judges because, um, I don't know, God took me to the book of Judges. So I've been reading through the book of Judges. I've just finished. I'm starting now to get into the era of the kings. The book of Judges is a book about a time in the life of Israel where there was no king, there was no particular government, but God was raising up men and women um, from time to time to lead the nation back into repentance. I think the key phrase from the book uh, of Judges is, and then the Israelites uh, did ill in the sight of the Lord. Something like that. There's a constant idea that the Israelites were moving away from what God had called them to, which is worship and intimacy with him, obedience to what he called the, the, the nation of Israel too. So there were various judges that were raised up at that time to call the people back. And one of the judges was a man called Gideon. You'll see him in the book of uh, Judges chapter 6. In that chapter, he is uh, of one of the tribes of Israel, the smallest tribe of Israel. And at the time we meet him, early in chapter 6, he's hiding in a wine press. He is a very small man. I say that in the comments because he thought he was small. He thought he was insignificant. He was afraid. He was hiding in a wine press. 
So I want to share with you a couple of the scriptures. If you look at Judges chapter 6, verse 11, and I'll just read those few scriptures out. Now the angel of the Lord sat under the terebinth tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abazite, while his son Gideon thrashed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and told, said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all these miracles which our father told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. How many times have you asked God, where are all his miracles? Uh, I was sharing two weeks ago about this uh, young girl and a family we've been praying for in our church, Bella. Well, Bella did pass away uh, last week um, and there was no miracle. There was no touch from the Lord that she got well, even though many of us had prayed and believed that. And uh, there's no miracle. And, and it, it's, you know, as I said last time, my, my heart has been bruised by this, you know, because uh, that family of all families needed a miracle. And only last Tuesday, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, I started weight training with him 20 years ago. And, we became pretty good mates. He, he moved over to uh, Thailand to open the gym business. He committed suicide last Tuesday. I only found out about that on Friday. For, I think, 10 years, I've been slowly sharing with him the things of the Lord. I mean, he, at the end of the day, I don't think he accepted Jesus. Uh, and, you know, that when I heard the story, I was filled, what could I have done? You know, what, what, what didn't I do right? Where was the miracle? Um, but turning to this scripture, God speaks very clearly to Gideon, and he spoke very clearly to me. And he said, and the Lord said, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? That question is a question for all of us. Have I not sent you? We are sent ones, ladies and gentlemen. We're sent ones. We are called by God and he saves us not only that we might enjoy eternity with him, but that we might become warriors to him and might be sent on a journey so that others might know his glory as well, that others might be accepted in his kingdom as well. And it's not all fun and games. It's not all wine and roses. It's not all great, exciting. It is difficult. For that reason, Psalm 23 talks about the difficulties when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is with us. God is always with us. And I was reflecting on this kind of relationship stuff, which is really what we've been talking about, intimacy. And I turned, when I was thinking about this, to Genesis chapter 2. And in Genesis chapter 2, that is before sin crept into the world. Everything was perfect, except one thing was not good. And God said the thing that wasn't good is that Adam did not have a helper. He did not have friends. He did not have a person to relate to. And so God, out of almost a lack that had been given to Adam, created Eve for him. So even in paradise, even with a perfect relationship with God, God knew that people needed relationship. And you know what that brings? Pain. That brings pain. If you're avoiding relationships at the moment, you're avoiding pain. 
And marriage, an example of the great relationship between Jesus and the church, is full of pain. It's full of joy as well. It's full of, and I never, I never walk away from my marriage of 26 years. I love it even more today than I did when we started. I don't think I appreciate it when we started, to be honest. But I love it more now. But there is pain in marriage. There is pain in relationship. And so there was even pain in the garden for Adam, who didn't have a friend to relate to, didn't have someone to talk to, despite his relationship with God, despite the fact that sin had not entered into the world. God is willing to set aside uh, comfort and ease and blessings and benefits for relationships. He's willing to push those aside because he sees relationship is so much more important. I don't know about you, but my relationship with Jesus has been a constant struggle. I've had fights. I've had, I told you like two weeks ago, when Bella, they said she had terminal cancer, I got angry with God. You can read David when he, in the Psalms. He's often angry with the Lord. He's often disappointed with what God has done. But God still calls him a man after God's own heart. Why is that? Because he craves relationship. And what I see in the world today with my friend Chad dying over committing suicide over in a, in a motel in Thailand is that he was lonely. He had nothing left. He had no relationships. And what I believe is happening in this world is the devil is trying to strip us all of relationships. If you don't believe that, when COVID hit, you would have understood it. When COVID hit, when we were suddenly stopped from having face-to-face relationships. There's something going on with that. God is still calling us into relationships despite the pain. If there are relationships you need to mend, please do that. It's important. God isn't promising ease. He's not promising benefit or joy all the time. It's going to be painful at times because he values relationships. So strongly. So Gideon in that room experienced four things. And God wants to have you experience those things too. The first thing was he received an impartation of spiritual life. God turned up with him. That's what an encounter with the Lord is. I encounter the Lord often in worship. God wants to turn up and meet you. It was a new impartation of spiritual life for him. He thought he was dead. He thought he was a nobody. And God was saying, you're somebody. You're something. You've got a plan for your life. The second thing that came was he had a new awareness of the presence of God. And I believe it's so important that we press in and seek the presence of God in our lives. I don't know about you, but when I open the Bible and press in hard, I feel the presence of the Lord there. I feel that he's wanting to speak to me about something. I feel that's one of the ways that I really get to get intimate with God is reading my Bible. Other ways of worship, and part of the reason we've joined you guys a little bit is because we haven't been able to do worship too much, and the worship is just exciting. That last song you sang, I never heard that song before, but it's just a beautiful song. And so I feel a presence of God come in worship. And that's the second thing that Gideon received in this prayer when the angel of the Lord turned up. The third thing he received, and this is so important for us, was a new awareness of his true identity. You have an identity, and many of you don't understand your identity is great, is amazing, is fantastic. Many of us, as I said last time, look into a mirror and we see something that we may be ashamed of or disappointed in. 
God is never ashamed or disappointed in you. He loves you. He's created you for a purpose. And he called Gideon out of being a nobody to being a somebody. And he's done that with each and every man and woman who's accepted Jesus into their heart. No exceptions. You are apostolic. You are called to greatness. It's a question of whether you will align yourself with what God has planted in your heart to do and do it or not. So he, he had received an awareness of his true identity. He became a mighty man of valor. And the fourth thing, that new awareness of the calling came to him as well. There is a calling in our lives. There's a general calling on Christians to take the Great Commission. You know, that's what we're called to do as a general thing. But there is a specific calling on each person's life. This young man has felt a specific calling to train and become an evangelist. And when he told me that last time, I actually saw him going to Africa. I don't know why I thought he'd be going to Africa when apparently he's going to the United States. But maybe he'll be going to Africa at some point, or he'll have a plan to go to Africa when he's not in his head. So that could be right, because I was seeing him, and with respect to your large man, he was speaking to smaller, thin, young black men, and they were receiving Jesus. So what I saw in you was this amazing desire uh, to be used by God, like Gideon, he became a mighty man of God. He became a warrior of the Lord. And so that's what all of our calling is. It doesn't matter whether you're 20 or 80 or 90. There is a calling on everyone's life that remains undiminished until the time you take your last breath. And I'm going to finish shortly because I want to talk about two things that followed in in Gideon in in the book of Judges chapter 6. And this is where the intimacy is so important. It's building an altar to the Lord. And you will see all through the book of Judges, there were altars to the Lord being built and there were altars to other gods being destroyed. Gideon was called to destroy other physical temples or altars that had been built, some of them by his own father. He was called by God to destroy them and he was also called by God to build altars, build temples. What does this mean for us? We know that the Bible talks about the altar being now within us. God has created an altar within us because the ultimate altar was in fact the cross. The ultimate altar was the sacrifice on the cross. So I want to talk to you about two things to finish. And they are that we need to build altars, but there also has to be sacrifice. The only time when fire fell on an altar anywhere in the Old or the New Testament, and when there was sacrifice and an altar together, there has to be sacrifice. We often come to the altar of God, we often come to praise and worship, thinking, you've made the ultimate sacrifice, Lord, I need to do nothing. But yet God also calls worship a sacrifice. We are to give him sacrifices of praise. I can tell you what, I don't, didn't feel like praising Jesus when my friend's daughter was dying of cancer. It's not natural to want to praise the Lord when a life is being expunged and your prophetic word hadn't come true. When your prayers for healing hadn't come true. So it costs you something. It costs you something to say, Lord, you are still in control. 
That other song you sang, what was that song about praises to God even though there was difficulties? Waymaker. That's a song about facing difficulty in despite of them saying, Lord, you are in control and you are victorious and I give everything to you. It's a choice we have to make and it's a sacrifice that has to be made. Otherwise the fire of heaven won't come down. The fire of heaven represents the power and the passion of the Holy Spirit upon us. We have to give something up to get something. And I'm all about grace. I believe in God's grace. It's unmerited favour. I believe in that. But God is calling his people to something. That's to step up to the plate and say, despite what I see around me, you are worthy of being worshipped. Despite the things that are pressed upon me, you are worthy of being worshipped. Despite all this stuff around me, God, you are in control. And in the United States, I think a lot of these evangelical churches are out of control. They've aligned themselves with one way or the other. It's just... For the church to start turning on itself is the ultimate aim of the devil. What he's wanting us to do is band together and despite all the things that are going on in the nations around us, give God the praise and go out in his strength to do the work of the Lord. The other thing that we need to do is not only build up an altar of praise and worship within ourselves, we need to throw down the altars that are set up for something else. Yeah. Today, some people go worship at other altars. They do. They might go to a Buddhist temple. They might be witchcraft into witchcraft. There might be physical altars, right? But most altars are within us. And most altars are created by sin. And uh, some of you have struggled with sin. Some of you have struggled with certain things that have opened a gateway to some other type of worship, whether you know it or not. And that's where, in the book of Judges, you see that Gideon was called to be a deliverer. We are called to deliver as well. Sometimes we need to deliver ourselves of the altars that we set up inside our hearts. Some of those things can even be altars in the name of Jesus. Intimacy with the Lord is what he's calling us to. But sin can subtly shift stuff. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. He was saying, don't get into religion and politics. Religion and politics is a spirit that can take you away from intimacy with him. And and the Bible talks about you are what you fix your eyes on. You become what you think about. Um, And if we're constantly thinking about some of these political things or some of these religious things, takes our eyes off of the Lord. And I talk about religion in this way, I'm talking about rule keeping. I'm talking about things that stop our intimacy with God. And so we need to address those altars. I don't know about you, but I've had to address a number of altars that I've set up for various things in my life. One of them was marriage. I've set up with Annette like a, a codependency altar where I wanted her blessing on everything I did, otherwise I didn't feel content. I wanted her to, um, I was kind of dependent on her opinion in anything that would happen. Of course, that becomes unhealthy. God 
created a net as my helper and I, her as well, and so that can be a good thing. But you can set up codependencies. They can become an altar in your life. Why don't you get rid of that? Because above my marriage, above my children, above my workplace, is my relationship with Jesus. If I take my eyes off those things and start focusing on all of that stuff, I can build up an altar in my life. But it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. For some of you men, I know you have struggled with pornography before. When I was a young guy, we didn't have the internet. If I wanted to go look at something I shouldn't, I would have to sneak into a newsagent and buy something I shouldn't. Today, it can be like that. And that altar will slowly build. And those demons will slowly come in. I know that to be true. I know from a personal point of view. I also know as a criminal lawyer who has represented many people who have had sexual offences, it always starts with pornography. It always starts with something small and grows. And you create a small altar, the, the devil will see that hole and that gap, and he wants to come in and destroy the person. And he has destroyed people because of pornography. It's just another aspect. So what I'm asking you to consider, what altars have you built in your life that you need to tear down? Gideon was called as a deliverer, and one of his mandates was to destroy altars to Baal and other gods, and to raise up altars to Jesus, to the Lord. This is our mandate as well. So I just want you to think on that. Um, I've got one last thing to share with you. Um, and as I was coming in here, I um, was going to finish with something else, but I just, I just wanted to encourage you Specifically, you, Paul, and you, Sheikh, I know you're tired. I know there's some stuff going on, workplace stuff. God is so happy with you. In fact, uh, the simplicity of God's love is, is something I take for granted. Perhaps maybe overthinking, because he's wise, he knows everything. But he just enjoys being with you, and he enjoys, he enjoys what's going on here. And you're called to be deliverers. You have a, almost a greater, well, you do have a greater responsibility as leaders of people. You deal with any altars that you've built in your own life that need to be destroyed, need to be dealt with. But I can say that as I walked in here, I felt because you were sitting up here, I felt there was joy of what you were doing. There was joy in worship, and I'm so glad you said next week is going to be a time spending time in the presence of God, because I think that's when God speaks to us most powerfully. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to finish, because last time I went for about an hour, and then said, too long, and she's right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right. Right. I'm going to finish, but I want to encourage you. You have been called to be deliverers. Don't minimise the call on your life. God put within you, before you even were cognizant of it, before you'd even been born, he put within you a calling and a destiny. Many of us don't get to the end of our race, and we can't say we're running the way Paul said. In the scriptures that I've run my race well, I've finished well. 
And why is that that many of us don't reach it? It's because many of us don't understand that we are called to be delivered, that we are called to be mighty men of valour, mighty men and women of valour, that we are called to represent him on the earth without fear or favour, without a political spirit, without a religious spirit, just with the pure love of Jesus Christ. What has been so encouraging in these political rallies is this, these fearless worshippers that would go down in the middle of these political rallies in the United States and start praising the Lord. And they've had stuff thrown at them, had things said to them. And I look at these young men and women, they're very good young, young men and women who are praising the Lord and they're having stuff thrown at them and, and they're just they're pressing into it even more because the things that are thrown at them are like, they're almost precious things. You know, when, when you are reviled, that is a precious thing. That is why this relationship thing is so important to the Lord. If we can stay connected to Him, if we can stay in love with Him, if we can know that He wants the very best for us and those that we minister to, what can He do? He can bring thousands of African men to the Lord. If we brought thousands of African men to the Lord, they would bring their families to the Lord. They would learn the ways of the Gospel. They could change their nation. I believe we could flip our nation if we could just get rid of this fear. If we could burn down those altars to Baal and raise up the altars to Jesus Christ. So I just want to finish with prayer. And, um, and I guess if there's anything if there's anything I've said and if there's any prayer you need to deal with some of the things that you, need, you know you need to get rid of, I'm not going to call you out the front, but I'd love to pray with you after after the service. If especially with the young men, if there are things in your life that are compromising you, the world's trying to compromise young men. Man, it's a tactic of the devil to compromise young men. Yeah. So that they would walk away from relationships, families, so they'll walk away from things they're called to. It's trying its best to do it, and he's doing such a good job, the devil, but God has got a better plan. Amen. He wants to call you back. So if you want prayer for anything, if you want to tear down any of that stuff, you want to be delivered of that stuff, let me encourage you. I'm happy to pray for you, Paul. Be happy to pray for you, men. The women as well. And then other women here would love to pray for you. But I just want to finish and thank God for everything he's doing. Lord, you are in control. Your Bible says you are in control. You know that from the beginning to the end, you plan it out, Lord. And Lord, you've called us to minister with you. What a privilege, Father. What a privilege to be able to lead someone to the Lord. What a privilege to be able to pray for the nations. What a privilege. And Lord, I, I confess there's been such such a, such pushback from my life lately that I felt hopeless. I confess, Lord, that, that was wrong. And I turn to you and ask for your Lord, we need you in our lives. We need to raise a prayer, praise on our lips. We need to acknowledge that you are the Lord and the ruler of the world, yes. the nations of the universe. We thank you, Lord. I wait for the day when you return, Father. It's going to be a glorious day. But until that happens, Lord, empower us to go out and save people who are otherwise going to hell. Empower us to go up and encourage those who are working the harvest Lord, I pray that we can see people set free, people healed, people delivered, physically, mentally, spiritually, Lord. 
Lord, I thank you that you've called us to be your ministers of the Word. Thank you so much, Father, that you saw enough in me, which wasn't much at all, to call me to be your minister. I thank you for each person here. I pray that this has been encouragement to these people, Lord, and that you'll just empower them as they go from here to become living altars of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. God bless.